there. Welcome to Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Arway, and we're here at Roberta's Pizza at the studio headquarters of Heritage Radio Network. Um, it's a miserable, rainy Monday in Brooklyn. Um, today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, and um, we're actually going to have a special event at uh, Bowery Whole Foods on February 5th for Social Media Week, so don't forget to check that out. It's called Afternoon Snack, a conversation with New York New Media foodies and i will be on the panel uh one of our guests today will be on the panel liza degia a food curated um nicole taylor from uh hot hot grease will be on the show she's a host here at heritage um and some really great other folks so check it out um you can also call in and speak with these lovely guests who i'll introduce in just a sec um if you call 718-497-2128 so today, uh, I already revealed one of our guests, which is Liza. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Cool. And we also have Stacy Murphy from Brooklyn Farmyards. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, and how are you? You just had an amazing event, uh, fundraiser on Saturday. It was a Brooklyn pie contest. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, we got approached by Megan Pasca, who's been throwing the event three years in a row now. And we're so honored that she chose to donate to us this year. Uh, we raised approximately $1,000 towards our youth farm this year. So that is pretty spectacular. That's amazing. So the contest was not a charity for in the previous years. Um, I'm not sure who the other charities were in the past okay. two years. Um, I, I think she picks a different one each year. And I think urban farming is close to her heart because she keeps uh, bees on, she is an urban beekeeper. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry if I just uh, let that one go. I know it's illegal. And then, <laughs> uh, no, no, everything that's totally legal here. Oh, we, okay. we, we once had a chat about hot beekeepers once here. So I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Beekeeping rules. Um, yeah. I actually entered a pie into the contest, and it lost. was fabulous. Uh, I, I'm astounded. It was amazing. What kind of pie did you make, Leslie? Well, you know, I wanted to do something ethnic because I was entering the savory category. So I thought I'd hit up my Filipino roots and find something nice. different that a lot of people haven't eaten before. So I went with a Filipino pork adobo pie. Whoa. Which is, um, it's uh, pork rib tip meat and baby back rib meat that we pulled off the bone and cooked and braised in Filipino spices and uh, served in a leaf lard crust. That and sounds... I thought it was spectacular, but the that judges... That amazing. I leaf lard think crust. So. <laughs> pork adobo. What kind of... Uh, where'd you get your pork from? Um, well, the pork... Uh, just came from, I actually don't know where my friend had bought the pork from. Mm-hmm. It was from um, her neighborhood, which is around here. So okay. she had just brought it to my house. I didn't really leaf source it for crust. anyone. But the leaf lard crust, I actually was filming with um, Dixon Farm Stand Meats and picked up my leaf lard yeah. from uh, their shop in Chelsea Market. So gotcha. and it tasted incredible. I, I bet on your culinary journeys filming for Food Curated, you pick up a lot of ingredients as, as you go along. Is that how it works? Or Yes. Like- I mean, it's for me, doing this series is a great way for me to find um, new businesses to buy from and places to shop and, you know, researching stories. I'm always finding so many mm-hmm. it's um, like great purveyors. Effect. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you experience the same thing. Um, I go but yeah, you should see I my just fridge. like the goodies. <laughs> I'm like new ingredients, yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this week I um, did a story with Kumquat Cupcakery, 
and she sent Katie me home. Landreth, she rules. Yeah, yeah. she totally rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, you know, to thank me and just to, so I could try her cupcakes, sent me home with um, maybe twelve of her delicious cupcakes. And uh oh. <laughs> and I was trying to. I'm trying to be on a little New Year's diet, and that did not work out. <laughs> Does that mean you ate them all already? I ate most of them. I really <laughs> tried to share it, but it was hard. So, uh, anything you've been cooking up lately, Stacy? Or did you make a pie for the contest, or you just had to be the host? Um, I well, I wanted to bring a pie, but I had so many other things to bring that I ended up not <laughs> making a pie. But in the winter time, I uh, lately I'm on a kale pesto. Uh, fad. Oh, tell me more. It happened accidentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was cooking for a um, uh, b- the, the Banana Land campaign party, and I was uh, cooking for 200 people, and I was trying to figure out new recipes, and I had a bunch of kale, and I was going to do a kale lentil kind of stew thing, and I chopped up the kale super, super fine in the Cuisinart, <laughs> and I smelled it, and I thought, nuh-uh. This is a pesto. Fresh kale, not even cooked. Yeah, fresh kale, threw in some onions, threw in some salt, pepper, olive oil, and a little bit of Parmesan, and it is dynamite, and you eat it, you feel like a million dollars. You're kind of like Popeye, your arms start bulging out. (laughs) Oh, nice. Superfood, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Get your vitamin Ks today. I've been digging on the kale (laughs) pesto and mashed rutabagas. Vitamin kale. Mm -hmm. Oh, mashed rutabaga. That's another good one. I think that was one of the 10 foods that you don't know you're, you're or something like that. I, I remember this Tara Parker Pope, uh, the well blog, the 10 foods you need to eat. And everyone was like, rutabaga. So, yeah, that's actually something I've been cooking with a lot lately. They're much sweeter it's, than I remember as a kid. Yeah, they're sweeter than turnips, mm-hmm. less sharp and bitter, I mm-hmm. think. But they're definitely not, you know, a carrot sweet. Right, right. And you look at them, they're kind of unappealing when you look at them, so you don't really know what to do with them if you've never seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> they're really gnarly and gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta peel them, unfortunately. Cool. So um, tell me more about the um, pie contest uh, mission. How is that, um, how is your one 100-acre one, one farm for youth? No. Did no? you say 100? A oh, one <laughs> acre farm. Nice. That would be big. I'm really bad at numbers. I, I was like, when... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Greenpoint Eagle Street rooftop farm. I think I actually wrote it was like six thousand square feet or something. And <laughs> it is six thousand square is. feet. Oh, okay, I'm really bad at numbers again. <laughs> I think I said six million at one point, and everyone's like, "What?" Okay, it is six. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so the farm will be uh, an acre. It's in partnership with the High School for Public Service in Crown Heights. It's an amazing principal. He's really visionary. The school is. Um, has been awarded three times in the past three years a bronze medal for one of the best high schools in the nation, which is amazing considering That's that amazing. Yeah. seven Public. years ago they had maybe a 25% graduation rate, and now they're up to 98. Um, and it's That's through this kind of public service mission that the principals come up with, and the students do, they're supposed to do 200 hours of volunteer um, pu- or public service before they graduate. On average, they do about 500. So they're totally invested in the community, and they're studying nutrition. Um, so this is a really great partnership with, uh, that we're that we have with them now. That's a great idea. So we're raising money um, on our Kickstarter campaign. Um, we're trying to make it to ten thousand dollars by February twenty sixth. If we don't make it there, we don't get any of the money. Uh-oh. So so donate soon. Oh, no, <laughs> February twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. How far along are you? 
um, we're a little bit more than a quarter of the way there, so we still need uh, $7,000. Okay, check out brooklynfarmyards.com, yeah. bkfarmyards.com, yeah. and figure out how to give. Are you going to have any other fundraiser events? Yeah, mm-hmm. we, uh, right now there's a, another fundraiser through Egg. It's a restaurant in Williamsburg on North 5th, I believe, mm-hmm. in Bedford. And they are selling Valentine's Day cards, uh, and all the money goes to us. Uh, so they're trying to raise about $1,000 for the youth farm. And they're super, super cute. The uh-huh. uh, the R-rated version has two pigs uh, having sex on the front. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're very cute. <laughs> I love like the random collaboration and creativity here. It's it's a restaurant that's giving away cards that's that have pigs having sex on them. It's just <laughs> for a Brooklyn Farmyards Youth Farm Project. What, doesn't it make any awesome. sense? Awesome. Yes, totally. I want to buy it. one. <laughs> totally getting one. And uh, you know, for all my friends who I want to scare. Yeah. <laughs> There's a G-rated one too with some eggs. <laughs> Wait, what's Valentine's Day like about eggs? I'm curious. I think probably because the restaurant is egg. Okay. Yeah, we're and we're doing a big chicken site next year, maybe. It's a connection? I don't know. A lot oh. of chickens, too, I hear. What's uh, this chicken site that you're working on? We're, we're working on a site. It's on the edge of Bed-Stuy and Brooklyn, and uh, it will be 50 chickens. We're building a new coop and a couple chicken runs, and it used to be chicken runs there and the whole neighborhood used to come out and uh work with the chickens so we're trying to reinvigorate that community oh okay good that sounds great i know that there's a chicken um uh, chickens at one community garden in crown heights so i didn't know that that has a strong history in the neighborhood that's what i'm told i uh-huh. i don't remember it i wasn't here <laughs> eliza you've recently had a um urban chicken farming a uh, couple gals on your show yeah right? how'd um, you find them I, I found them, you know, people seem to find me through Twitter for some reason, but it, it's just, uh, you know, the local food community is pretty well connected. So I feel like a lot of people have been discovering my videos and people tend they're to write like, I me wanna be on them. online. Yeah. And uh, they try to, you know, they just let me know what they're doing. And a lot of things I find really interesting. And this happened to be really fun because, and very neighborly, because the girls, um, Katrina and Megan Pasca, actually live in my neighborhood about four blocks away from me. And they said, hey, you know, we bought some chickens online <laughs> over the summer. And Check now they're out. really big and they're about to lay eggs. Um, we would really love to tell the story about um, raising urban chickens. Would you want to come over and hang out and meet our chickens? And... You know, and and I came with a camera, and we filmed for a few hours, and yeah, that's how the that's story came great. about. But it's great to see oh. that these things are happening in just local Brooklyn, New York neighborhoods right. everywhere. It is. Um, do you guys know if Just Food had this campaign, the Urban Chicken Farming Project? I, I think I got the name wrong, but um, that was one of their. Um, big pushes, you know, try to educate. And I went to a one chicken raising workshop. Not that I'm going to unfortunately have them anytime soon because I don't even have a yard. But uh, we'll see. You need to I find guess. someone with a yard. Well, that's actually, in, yeah, I have some <laughs> plans in the works, but we'll see. Are you guys <laughs> yeah, have, what, what surprised me is how easy it is. I you know, know. To be there and actually you see order it. order them online. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just taking care of them seems... Like a lot easier than um, having a dog, and that's exactly what they say. So just to see it in person made wow. me realize, you know, this is something a lot of people can do. And imagine all the people here in the city that have dogs and they 
they go through hoops and you know to just have this dog and or two of them or you know go home every day in the middle of the day to walk it and just dote on it and it's not that hard then no it can't be and dogs don't give you eggs <laughs> I'm so that's just, a bonus. As as you guys are talking, I'm picturing somebody trying to walk their chicken someday, just for street cred, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the benefit of having the dog, right, is the moment when you walk it and, you, and people what come up to you and say it's What happens when it starts to fly? <laughs> uh, maybe you come off the ground with it? I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Uh, have you ever had chickens before? Or either of you guys? I have not. My uh, I have a farmer in chief that I partnered with this year, B oh, okay. B Ayer, and um, she is amazing with chickens. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's been keeping them for a while. She has them in her backyard now, um, and so she's going to teach me chicken uh, keeping this year. Oh, great! So that's the next project. Great. Yep. And Eliza, or Eli? I grew. My parents definitely didn't want anything to do with cats or dogs growing up, so. They Mine tried well. to find small things that wouldn't be a big problem in the house, so we ended up with cockatiels growing up. So <laughs> it's still it a bird. Like a, <laughs> How old do those live? Ours lived till about fifteen years, and I cried my eyes out when our cockatiels died. I'd write obituaries years? for them. I mean, we grew really attached to these little birds, so it's funny the connection you can make to animals, any animal. Right. Imagine the people who have parrots. They live till maybe fifty years or something like that. They could outlive you. <laughs> no, yeah. that's that's just weird. And then they they know you too well, and they are talking. And <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, pets! So, um, do you guys have any other? Uh, do you have any Valentine's Day themed uh, videos coming up, Liza? Well, the the really awesome video that I actually put out this morning at nine o'clock. Ooh, um, I didn't see on it on Kevy Landreth. It's oh, about okay. Kumquat Cupcakery. Um, I tried to do that before Valentine's Day because I know she's doing a Valentine's Day pop-up store in Greenpoint um, in the next few weeks with um, oh, fun. Little Bit Sweets, oh, who fun. also does local sustainable candies. So um, that was kind of my way to get in on the Valentine's Day themed um, videos before the actual holiday. But um what I'm working on the next couple weeks, I'm trying to get on to, or it looks like this week I'm going to a duck farm and then a rabbit farm. Um, oh, you're busy. Yes. Wow, that's fun. And then filming, um, hopefully how to cook local duck with uh, the executive chef at Savoy. So that should be oh, fun. Oh, Peter Hoffman. Wonderful. Cool. All right. So um, let's just take a quick break. Um, Stacey, you picked out a song. Um, what is it? <laughs> I'm not sure which one they're going to play. Okay. There's uh, two songs that are there. Um, ah, it's the one that I play at a lot of dinner parties. I, I love to dance and eat uh, and prepare food. In my house, we used to, Who always, doesn't? <laughs> we used to always dance while we did everything. So All this right. is Medusky Martin Wood. Take a dance break for a moment. Be right back.
Hey, welcome back. It's Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and today's show is brought to you by Whole Foods. And at Heritage uh, Heritage Radio Network, um, we have in the sound booth, just want to introduce Nat Wiener and Jack Inslee. Um, so today's guests are Liza DeGia from foodcurated.com. Hello. And Stacey Murphy from brooklynfarmyards.com. Hello, Brooklyn. So um, these gals are no uh, strangers to... Um, food, the food world, let's just call it in a broad sense. But um, how about, it sounds like you guys both, you know, made pies lately and kale pesto lately, which I can't wait to make sometime soon. That sounds really yummy and nutritious. Um, But uh, what about, what do you guys like to do um, on a date? Do you prefer to cook or go out somewhere, maybe... Savoy or I I love exploring New York Uh and it's very rare that I go to the same place twice because I just there's just so many new places popping up in so many areas of the city I haven't covered so my favorite thing to do on dates is to go to these unexplored places and try new foods and discover new things because I feel like that's why I'm here in the city Mm -hmm. you know to be a part of that um culture yeah, so, you can never go to everything. Can no, you? you can't. <laughs> it's endless. It, I, I kind of like that you have bottomless options here. Yeah, and ever changing. So the minute you finally find the one that you always want to go to, it it disappears. It closed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should have gone more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are, What are some of the places you like to explore, or maybe lately? Um, lately, I've been. I've enjoyed um, going to Flushings, um, and I want to explore more of Queens this year. There's just so much to it. Humongous borough. Yeah, mm. and, you know, I feel like there's just um, the melting pot of culture is there. So not that I don't love Brooklyn. I mean, I'm a Brooklyn girl. I give Brooklyn major props, but, you know, like for different flavors and for new ideas, I think definitely Queens is a fun place to go. But um, I love syrup pie. That might be my favorite restaurant in the whole city. Syrup pie? What's that? Yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. every year they talk about what's the number one Thai restaurant in all the five boroughs. And consistently, syrup pie always comes up. And I've eaten there. That's one place I've eaten probably 20 times or more. But Where is it? It's in, I'm, I think it's in Woodside, Queens. Mm-hmm. So it's so good. And if you're looking for something spicy... You definitely have to go there because they'll knock your socks off. I mean, yeah, real it's time. It's real food traditional is, and really good. It's scary. Yeah, you can go to Thai food places on Bedford Ave or something, and then the spice is totally different from more authentic places. The spice level, I should say. Yeah, definitely toned down. But <laughs> they do it because a lot of their client over at Sripa Pie, they their clientele is a lot of. Thai people and people who appreciate spices. So, have you ever it's taken really someone? Good. Have you ever taken someone there who couldn't handle the spice? Oh, I can't handle it. Oh, all you can't. <laughs> but I like to try. <laughs> so, um, oh, definitely. I mean, there's definitely dishes that you eat and you just have to put it aside because you won't make it through the rest of the meal, or you won't be able to taste the rest of the meal because your mouth is so on fire. <laughs> so, yeah, but I love I love exploring the city. I think. There's just so much um, and so many new places popping up all the time, like Stacy said. Sounds good. So take a, take a date on an adventure. Sounds a good place. Would you, would you recommend syrup 
so what is it called? Serapapai? Serapapai as a good place for a romantic date? Oh, definitely. If you're taking out Liza. I, I guess if, yeah. You, yeah, if, if you're <laughs> okay. a true foodie, yeah, you could have gotcha. a romantic time there. All right. But um, I don't know where I'd go on a romantic, romantic date. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I mean, there's so many really high-end restaurants. And you don't need to go to a high-end restaurant to have a date. But I've always wanted to go to Le Bernardin. Mm. Never been. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> well, how about you, Stacey? How do you like to how do you like to go on dates? I think I'm the complete opposite. Uh, I like eating in better than eating out uh, because I like the preparation of the meal. I think I love New York culture because there is so much energy around the dinner table. Um, but I actually love seeing how somebody prepares food, even even if their palate is totally different than mine. I like to see how they chop things. Um, how they dance how they dance exactly (laughs) what what music they pick when they go when they go to make the food Um, it's like a whole vibe around food for me Um, and so I just really appreciate when somebody is going to prepare something especially for me so uh, on a date night that would be something that would knock my socks off yeah it's how much thought they put into it Um, what you like I mean, nobody's going to invite somebody over and just not ask you or not know a little bit about, you know, what you like to eat. Because mm-hmm. um, that could totally, you could just end up with a vegan who just didn't make a, I don't know. Right. That's, I mean, for me, I, I eat almost anything if it's prepared well. And so when people ask me, you know, do you have any food allergies? Just mm-hmm. Make whatever you like and I'm sure I'll love it, you know? And I think I like watching other people cook too. And I do think that, other people might not like to be watched <laughs> when they cook. Um, there's this performance aspect or being put on the spot aspect, and especially if you're not as confident about maybe what you're cooking or doing or how you're chopping, you could feel a little, um, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess that puts um, I guess that puts a certain bar on whoever wants to date me. Yeah, right. How, <laughs> how confident are you? Are you just gonna like shrivel into the corner and then you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's kind of like you have to be bold. Yeah, and I'm okay if somebody says I have no experience at this. Tell me, tell me what you think, mm-hmm. and I'll say, all right, chop this. All right, try this. Teamwork. Yeah, yeah. that's the other part of preparing a meal that I think is really fun is how much are they willing to allow you into the recipe. You know, are they kind of a control freak about what they're going to put in? Or do they leave it open and say, what do you think about this combination? Or would this work better? Or do you have another thought? So I think it's always interesting to see people's style of cooking and how much it's like, well, I'm cooking for you or we're cooking together. Um, those Both of them have their benefits. Yeah, definitely. It, but you can read somebody's personality a little bit through that. Yeah, are they an alpha, you know, cook, <laughs> domineering personality, or do they like to sit back? Can they team? Because some people can't actually work together in the kitchen, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. They oh, either yeah. have to be fully in control or totally yep. not. And I've had great meals both ways. I've had mm-hmm. great meals when somebody comes in and says, get out of the kitchen, just mm-hmm. go stand over there and watch. And I've had great meals when it's been, let's just see what happens if I pick an ingredient and you pick an ingredient and we'll go from there. <laughs> When I'm cooking, I totally get in the zone. And if people try to talk to me while I'm cooking, I cannot focus because I'm really bad at timing things. I just haven't got that down yet. So, you mean, what do you mean? So, you know when you have to cook multiple things for a meal and everything's going to come out at a different time? I can't oh, I figure that out yet. <laughs> so when I'm in the kitchen, I, I have to let, and people are trying to socialize with me, I people think maybe I'm 
pretty mean sometimes because I'm not answering back, but it's only because I'm really trying to focus. I see. So you're stressed and you feel like you're behind and people are waiting and they're hungry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love cooking in the kitchen, but yes, I do get, I'm, I'm a little more of the stressful case in mm-hmm. the kitchen. I can be like that too, I think. But then that's when I just start barking orders at people and say, do this, <laughs> please put on those mitts and get that out of the oven now. <laughs> Um, cool. So do you guys have any, um, plans for Valentine's Day coming up? Um, I, I do not. I have no idea. I might go to egg to see if, uh, how the fundraiser is going. Is this like too preemptive here? I'm like, it might be. Why do I have this in my head that it's almost (laughs) Valentine's Day? Well, I guess we have some time to think about that. Um, but egg, that sounds like a, yeah, they'd have your cards. Um, so Okay, um, Brooklyn Farmyards. Do you have a yard yourself? Do you grow? And I have, I have an indoor garden. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I'm trying to grow some mushrooms uh, indoor. We're wow, we're preparing to do a large mushroom site out in Ditmas Park in somebody's garage, and so we're doing some experiments indoors. I see. Um, and we're uh, I've set up now for uh, a lot of seedlings, a lot of grow lamps, and a lot of shelving, a lot of grow shelving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I have space for maybe 300-ish seedlings. Oh, okay. So um, some of my sites don't have greenhouses. And so it's just helpful to get a head start on the season. In your apartment. Yeah. And <laughs> and we'll definitely grow some arugula and some lettuces and some herbs for I'd be, ourselves. I'd be really curious to hear about how the mushroom experiments go. I'll let you know. Yeah. Do you have to have like rotting wood to let it um, feed off? Not of for or? the mushrooms we're doing. Okay. We're going to do oysters, which you can do in coffee grounds. Ooh. Indoor, at least. That sounds like I a might fun. have to film that. <laughs> All right. I, I think I will. So, how did you decide to start Brooklyn Farmyards? Uh, it's been a long time coming. I I was an architect for many years, and um, I like the idea of community and social activism. And in architecture, you work on maybe a couple buildings in your life, and so it seemed like this was a good offshoot to affect a lot of people at once. And also combine my passion of food. Um, I had been getting closer and closer to the farmers at the farmer's markets, and I'd been missing that connection for a lot of years. And so I just thought, who better than an architect to go after space in the city and, <laughs> and try to convince developers to transform land to, to farm? To farms. Yeah. They've, yeah, they've been the harder ones to convince, but <laughs> we'll get there. We have one. The landlords? <laughs> no, the oh. Uh, developers. Oh, the developers. Yeah. I see. Well, that's exciting. And how many farm yards are you working on usually at one time? Well, we have about 15 contracts pending for this year. So, um, and they're all varying sizes. So we have one acre all the way down to maybe 600 square feet. Um, So it'll depend on our resources. Um, We depend a lot on volunteer labor. um, And so it depends on how much money we raise to install certain gardens and then how many volunteers we can get to install them. I see. So it's mostly volunteer run to install. Yeah, currently. Okay. Are you looking for more volunteers? Of course. All the time? Of course. Okay, great. Send us an email. We'll put you on the list. Check it out next time. Um, Most of this is done in the summer months or the real, what kind of? We'll be doing a lot of building this spring uh, with the chicken coop and we'll be putting in greenhouses, tool sheds, tables and benches. you name it, we're building it. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be needing a lot of volunteers this spring, um, and of course, this summer we always can use people to come out with for the fun stuff, for the harvesting, mm-hmm. and you know, looking at the plant, you know, look, getting more in, uh, close to the plant, right, and seeing the food all mm-hmm. in har- ready to harvest. Yeah, great. 
Um, and what was I just going to ask you, Eliza? What, uh, what, why did you start Food Curated? What's the deal with that? Um, well, I started Food Curated because I just noticed um, there are a lot of videos online about food, but I really wanted to t tell the story about food. You know, you can s watch a lot of people cook and you can watch a lot of people, you know, like give you tours of places. But I really wanted to show um, the passion that you don't get to see behind a lot of these little operations um, and uh, behind a lot of the products a lot of food artisans are making um, in our city. Because the process is so magical and so meant to be on film. Mm -hmm. And... I tell stories a certain way that are very um, character-driven. I let people speak for themselves and tell the story, and, and I really wanted to take a different approach to doing food videos because I wanted to share um, this magical process and, and just kind of be a, vo a voice for people in the food movement who really wanted to spread the word about the good things happening here locally in New York. I mean, it's really amazing what's happening, and... The stories, um, when I put them out on video, I just find them so inspiring, and I just really hope they touch people in a different way and make people seek out these wonderful people who are devoting their lives to feeding us well. That's such an awesome point. Thank you so much. I, I, and I love how you call yourself a food video storyteller rather than a news reporter or something like that. So thanks so much. Guys, Liza, Stacy, you two are both doing some of the most amazing thing I, things I can you know think of right now at the cutting edge of uh, the food movement here in Brooklyn. So thank you so much for both for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Great. Thanks so much. Great. And thanks again, Jack and Nate. We'll, Nat, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Kathy Arway. <laughs>